Thank you for joining the Modern SaaS Finance Academy. These courses were curated to guide you on building your competency and craft as a finance professional in the software, SaaS, and subscription industries. Enjoy this session. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining this session, Hiring Your Finance Team Playbook for Series A to Series C companies. My name is David Apple, head of the SaaS Vertical. Joining me is an amazing speaker. He's got so much to share and pay it forward with you is Alman Mollett. The SVP of finance at uh, Posh. So here's what we, it is we're going to talk with you about today and the agenda. Introductions, the overview, how to think about your team, and then diving deep into a hiring guide with some case studies so you can really get your hands around, make this very practical and build on top of then some key takeaways and closing. But I want you all to learn a little bit about Alamin, why we chose him to do this with us. His competency it rings true as he's a serial finance leader across some amazing companies. But Alman, would you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? For sure. And Dave, it's so great to be here. Uh, absolutely enjoyed our conversation, reconnecting. Um, and yeah, I so my name is Alman. I'm a sort of serial head of finance. Like you said, I absolutely love working with founders, making their dreams and visions come to life, being a co-pilot on the operating side. And uh, I've done five now. And I also you know, uh, really, really enjoy being part of the community, whether that's investing, giving back in this way. So uh, absolutely pumped to be here and share some of the learnings in building finance teams uh, that I've picked up and wanting to share with uh, my peers who have given so much to me along the way. Yeah, you've taken a lot, compiled it really well. And Alamin's an international leader, having been in Canada, now moved to the Boston area. He and I run the same track or along the River Charles as we're, as we're in Boston. So it's just an amazing place. But let's jump into this. Here's what we're here to talk about. We want to give you a practical guide to get your hands around how to approach building your finance team out. These are tried and true templates. We're going into two particular people trying to hire, the controller and the head of FP&A. So let's start at the beginning, everybody. And Alamin, start walking everyone through it, please. So you join as the finance leader. Now what? Yeah, and uh, Dave, it's a, it's, those are the two most important hires a CFO or head of finance is going to have to make, a controller or head of yeah. These are the yeah. two key lieutenants and probably the most hire, most important hiring decisions you're going to make as a, as a finance leader whenever you join an organization, uh, whether they're there already or whether you have to hire new ones, uh, whether it's going to be your next organization. And so I cannot understand enough how critical this is because it will let you be what you need to as a finance leader of the organization, working directly with the CEO, working directly with the board. So let's get in. You just joined as the head of finance and your situation might be one of the three, or actually outside of this, you may have come into something earlier stage, you may have come to something uh, a bit later stage, but the idea is you've walked in and you have one of these situations, the tech stack, uh, the finance team a certain size, uh, the focus might be different, more operational versus strategic. And as a starting point, you have to think about, okay, based on what I have, and I've done, you know, you've done an audit, you've got an idea of the lay of the land, you have to start thinking about what kind of team you need to hire to help with those situations and scale it up. So you have to be at the, at the, at the very beginning, you have to be super mindful about uh, uh, what kind of situation you're in. There's gonna be a lot to fix. There's gonna be a lot to start to scale up. So we keep moving. Uh, and based on those situations, you uh, are probably gonna think about dividing the responsibilities a certain way. So, you know, the finance uh, organization usually has two, two sides to the shop. You have the accounting and financial operational side where they're making sure the trains run on time, everything is being reported, it's accurate, and all the historicals are done in a way, everything is operating. Uh, and then you have the strategic finance side, sort of 
forward-looking, the forecasting aspect of it. What can happen? How do we drive certain business outcomes? How do we partner across the organizations? How do we raise the next round of capital? And so thinking about setting up both sides, again, going back to what the finance is, finance situation might be at the company, you might need to build both from scratch or only one might be set up and you have to start building the other side. So again, goes towards making sure those two key lieutenants are building, uh, helping you build and managing up and scaling up both sides of the org. So folks, just first off, because we're going to cover a lot, feel free to pause any moment if you need to digest the slides, what Alan Lewis has talked about here, the three different stages and, and this and going forward. But what's really key in all this as we're talking about it is there's the two key hires because they're leading the two key parts of the organization. But be aware of the broader construct of where you're at, where the company's at. We've got a couple of the other sessions that'll help you get your arms around that too. So let's jump into it then, Alan. So yeah. start giving them the advice they need to act on it. So now, you know, you, there's a little bit of lay of the land. Like we said, you know what kind of company you're at. You know how you're thinking about dividing the responsibilities, right? So it really, we have to take a step back right to the beginning. It actually starts as early as what is the job intake and how are you going to get the posting published? And why does that even matter? So when we get in uh, and get into it, uh, the, the intake is how you're building your ideal candidate profile. And it's interesting because, you know, you're going to pull, you're going to partner with a recruiter or depending on the size of your organization, you might have to go and do a lot of the recruiting uh, yourself. And you have to, it, this is such a critical part because it is the part of the process right at the beginning where you are being very explicit and intentional about what qualities and traits are going to be a perfect candidate that you're looking for. And it's going to be different. And, you know, there are little things here, you know, getting clear about the leveling that matters uh, because, if you're a Series B company, like we were kind of showing earlier, okay, well, if you're hiring a controller, perhaps you want to look at a, an assistant controller at a Series C or D company, somebody who has worked up and seeing a level of scale and is willing to come back at an earlier stage and do it again, but better. These are important things that are going to affect how you're going to think about setting up the, the profiling and the talent that you actually want to screen for. So the duties and responsibilities, and you, there's so many job descriptions out there. Dave, I'm sure you've seen a ton. And you have to set yourself apart. Candidates like a story. We like a story when we're getting told about the different situations, we're learning about new products, and it's the same when candidates are looking. So you have to stand out by having very intentional and thoughtful, not just copy-paste, but what are those specific duties and responsibilities? What's that growth story that the company, that your company is on that you want candidates to feel excited about? In my experience, the one of the main things that uh, candidates uh, candidates pointed out to you when they were applying was how that job description uh, excited them. They felt excited. They felt compelled. And so that's what you're really going for is, is getting an idea of how you're going to tell a story. The other piece that's very important when you're building out this profile is you have to set those expectations. It force, it's a forcing function for you to set the expectations of what that candidate the person you're going to bring on is going to do from day one all the way to day 180, your, their first six months. And it allows you to be very clear that, okay, that's going to be the building blocks for what you're going to measure them on and uh, they're going to perform and what it is that they're going to be accountable for. So doing this at the very beginning, it sets you up for uh, sets you up for success and is a big teller of how you're trying to get the best candidates possible. Final piece is it also gets you to write out all the different parts of the hiring process, who's involved, is the CEO only part of the panel? So again, all of this is the map that you're going to be setting up and getting your perfect candidates uh, uh, for the line by the end of it. 
And uh, the final piece, you know, in setting up, uh, just getting that intake again started, you, you, you got the leveling down, you got the duties and responsibilities. Uh, we at Posh, we use a tool like PAVE. And for folks who are thinking about, oh, like what's uh, what, what kind of benchmark to use, what kind of comp, you want to get that result at the beginning. Uh, because again, it gives you the permission. It gives you what you need to make sure you're hiring the right type of profiles. So that's what we use. We we think it's getting it, getting it done earlier is better because it will feed into the budget. It will feed into what kind of profiles you have to screen for. Yeah, and you know, again, back to what you're saying. It's uh, the the candidates are going to carefully examine the job description. So what is the team? You know, some of the basics involved with the team and reporting structure looks like a summary of their mandate, you know, is somebody, think about it, giving a candidate uh, the mission of getting us IPO ready is going to really excite them beyond just, get, we're, we're looking at you to close the books uh, and do it accurately and on time. So you got to go beyond. And I think, you know, what we've done to separate ourselves from the average job descriptions, uh, and what I encourage everyone to do here is talk about the stage of your company, talk about the fundraise story, talk about the investors that have backed you. Again, it adds a lot of credibility. It gets people excited. People have familiarity. Oh, I know that. Oh, that's healthy. Oh, that's recent. Uh, I could help them build, be a part of that journey. So uh, I think I think really getting that uh, uh, pinned down well at the beginning sets everything up for success afterwards. Well, what comes off all this is you're defining what success looks like mm -hmm. and you're making it real and you're also making it fun people remember stories and they want to feel like they're part of something, the contribution is something bigger than them and where they fit and how what they think, feel that their natural uh, talents and competencies are, that they'll make a contribution where the, everything comes together. Again, it's the backdrop that we're talking about these two critical finance hires, the controller and the head of FP&A. So as we're flowing things through, we just started with defining what success looks like and what the profile looks like. And now we're talking about building the candidate, excuse me, the candidate pool. You mind taking it from there? That's right. Yeah. And so this is a perfect segue because you are going to have a lot of different sources. Again, if it's yourself in an earlier stage company, maybe a recruiter, or you have a dedicated talent acquisition function, you're going to get direct applications. You're going to get referrals. You're going to reach out to people yourself. Uh, on LinkedIn. And, you know, again, uh, a play that I have used uh, that has worked well is looking at, okay, we're a first series A or series B company. Let's find somebody who's a couple stages ahead in a lesser title and potentially give them a way to, again, redo what they've done even better and take all the experiences. And in some ways, you know, you have to think about this. They have more upside in some way, depending on the situation if they come uh, at your company. So that is something you can kind of tee them into. And so uh, I, I really I really think using that as well as different target companies, think about what your company does. You're a SaaS company, you're an AI company, and think about the, 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 the go-to-market motion. Are you an enterprise SaaS company? What industry do you sell to? Financial services, restaurants, energy companies, the stage. All those are helpful points of getting what is going to make that perfect candidate applicable because there's a lot of transferable knowledge and skills, especially in that level of depth, uh, if you can find them. So uh, I, other things I've, I've looked for is who, depending on the stage, again, do you want a builder or do you want a scaler? Because if they were one of the first five people uh, in, in the finance team of a company in an early stage, they were they were very much a builder. 
and helping the company get set up. A scaler might have come in at a different point, a Series C, Series D, been there through IPO or maybe post-IPO for a couple of years. So you have to be very intentional about what kind of profile you're looking for because that's going to be how you think about the right one for you. Uh, and I, another thing I look for is, is depth. And depth comes through looking at how much time they've actually spent in an organization to be able to create impact. Because if you think about it, uh, somebody who's been at a, at a company for a year versus somebody who's been there three years, well, the person who's been there for three years was very interconnected, has seen a lot of annual planning cycles, has seen different product launches, has seen ups and downs of different strategic decisions. And those are very compelling experiences that build your intuition, that allow you as the head of finance, the finance leader, to have even more experiences to depend on within your team as you go forward and try and make decisions. So those are all very relevant when you think about building the best candidate pool. And one thing I want to add to all that, right, is it's you've got your personal network that's come through. You've got the investor's network, the CEO's network, your auditor's network. There's a whole set of communities because the best candidates, the one or ones that think you have some familiarity with, it's a little bit of trust on can they do the job and will they do the job coming through and all this. So this helps sets the profile and the contact and then what communities are you going to go through in order to find them. So we've set that up. Now we're moving to designing the interview and case study. Absolutely, yes. And so all of this, now how do you continue? You're on a trail of success, even just doing those two steps that really, when I think about the average uh, recruitment process, this is already sending you up towards. And how do you how do you keep building on top of what you've set up here uh, uh, to get, again, those dream controller ahead of fp candidates? Uh, so this comes back to that hiring process that, you want to lay out and starting the first interview with strong questions uh, is, uh, is 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 super important to get uh, the screening right. And you have to think about you have to remember when you're jumping on with a candidate, uh, there's a chance for you to restate your excitement uh, for the company, the story, why you joined, and all those things that should get them fired up uh, for what what you eventually want to land as your dream controller, dream head of PA candidate. So in that first uh, in that first interview, uh, there's amazing questions and, and what you can ask. And you know, one of mine, as favorite, is you know, tell me about a time that uh, something was keeping the CFO or the CEO up at night, and what did you personally do uh, to to resolve it? Uh, yeah, there are multiple different questions, uh, and you want to get to those key experiences and dive in and dive in. Those will help you get. Uh, really comfortable in some ways, be some sort of, be able to re, uh, 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 retell the biography of somebody, retell the story, the key moments and try and match it to, is this what uh, I want? Uh, is this what I want out of my controller? Who's going to be an accounting leader of my FP&A leader? Uh, uh, these are the key experiences that they're going to be able to navigate as we go through. So I, uh, for me personally, uh, that 60 minute conversation can go by so quickly uh, and they should be able to get you through at least Three, three, four key accomplishments that they've gone through, uh, and something to keep in mind is you you want to be very intentional about those uh, powerful questions you want to ask. Uh, I know Dave has some himself, um, as, as as we've both been in hiring positions, uh, but you know in that conversation you can get through five really key questions. You really feel strong about what you need to get uh, somebody moved into the next stage. So, if you've uh, if you've done uh, a case study before, uh, uh, or haven't, uh, how would you go about it, right? That's something to keep in mind because for different folks in the call, 
you're going to be thinking about, okay, uh, I do, either don't have time to put a case study or actually uh, I need to do something simple. I want to give them a prompt. So keep that in mind. I personally have really seen the power and believed in the power of, of a case study. And you can, you, depending on, again, the time that you want to put a candidate through, you can come up with something simple uh, or you can come up with something which I've gone through is something more quantitative, something that allows them to yes shine their spreadsheet skills, uh, but also make sense of how to guide a company on a strategy, on an accounting scenario uh, uh, that we have to work through. So keep that in mind, uh, whether you haven't done it before, I think it's an excellent time to do something that d highlights the critical thinking and uh, how candidates might help you navigate some of your situation. And so we'll get into um, uh, the controller and FP&A case study, some examples. I want to go back to one thing on this with the questions you ask is take note of details because details matter. And one thing you want to do is circle back on details as you talk to the background references when they tell a story on comparing the details of how they articulated the story of what actually happened on the ground from you know, the, the objective person that's part of the interview process, because you can really then understand how well they tell the story and how factually accurate they are in telling the story. So let's go into uh, talk about how to design a case study. Yeah, perfect. And again, you know, different folks are going to approach in different ways, but here's how I approach a, a case study, and here's how I'd love to uh, encourage others to think about designing it. It doesn't have to be so hard. I really want to uh, emphasize that. It, it, you know, when you think about this process, it's trying to make it as easy as possible to get the best candidate. Uh, and so uh, this is real. We went through this ourselves and we did hire a director of FP&A recently through this. So the idea is, okay, give a bit of background on the company and uh, and uh, uh, some of the goals in the coming year. So whether that's you wanting to double your revenue by next year or uh, triple it over three years, different goals, bring that to light within the background that keeps that sets a important context for what is the most important organization and the the interview process and bringing somebody in this far at this point of community assignment uh, giving them as much context as possible is only going to help them uh, uh, do their best job at uh, during the case study so we'll keep going so you know that's that's the start off you give a bit of background and Again, my belief, uh, in, I, I really encourage everyone to think uh, to do what feels right for them. You might separate in two parts. So uh, I've tried both in the past where I did just a technical and then a presentation. And then I've done where it's technical and the final product is a presentation. So depending on how you want to go about it, here's one where uh, uh, you, you would do this technical separately. You would get you would scrub. Uh, you would get some of the key data sets uh, that you already have. You'd scrub it and uh, that's that's the, that's one of the parts where people might feel like it's uh, a big lift, but from what from what we did, you know, you can go on your CRM, you can go on your ERP, you can get some, uh, you can go on your HRIS, you can pull out the relevant headcount, relevant bookings or customer information, anonymize it, financial information, and put together the data set that they can work with. Uh, we ended up using actuals, and I'll add this piece because uh, even other peers of mine will. Have you know have candidates sign an NDA? We we didn't. We we felt comfortable with the type of information we were we were putting for, as part of the analysis. Uh, but this is part of what will make the the case and uh, evaluating it much much stronger. So this is kind of an overview of okay, uh, uh, what exactly we want you to work out of the technical um, uh, before you move into the presentation aspect. So uh, let's if we go into that presentation aspect. So you've done a lot of the technical. 
go, getting through that is going to give the candidates, obviously, a ton of context into how the numbers work. It's going to give them a chance to ask these questions. And then it's about them highlighting and sharing those insights that come out of it. Uh, and again, this is an opportunity. Think about one of my key one of my key suggestions here is think about the challenges and the problems your company is currently facing or one that you've recently gone through, because that is going to be something that is going to allow to allow you to have as as a best of a conversation and a preview of what it's going to be look like what it's going to look like to work with the candidate. So whether that's uh, launching a new product, uh, in, investing more in sales and marketing to expand the teams, expanding internationally, uh, 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 working on uh, uh, partnerships, a lot of different things. Think very critically about what the scenarios could be. And whether you do it as a simple or a longer assignment, that prompt is going to be helpful for somebody to bring in uh, uh, the way they thought about those problems. And this is where going back to what we were talking about earlier with the kind of candidates you're looking for and the building out the pool. Uh, if they've, you know, uh, at Bosch, we're B2B uh, SaaS company, we sell the financial services. So looking for somebody who's had previous experience and looking at financial services is going to be able to understand uh, the type of client sizes we work with, the, the assets under management and what that means for different deal sizes. And so those are all relevant uh, uh, points to uh, uh, being able to uh, have them build as strong of a, of a case as possible when they're presenting it. So uh, those are really the key components. So if we move on. I just want to draw one thing for all yeah. of you is we had the uh, cover up some proprietary data about Posh in here where you see some of the coverage in the blanks. So, but it's all in the name of being really thoughtful and applicable to have someone being able to tackle the issues that you've got. Oh, and actually, this uh, th that's perfect, Dave. And, and uh, the closeout of, of uh, designing this case study is you really want to set your candidates up for success and uh, allowing them to book a session with you before the final delivery, before the presentation, doing a panel, if that's what you're gonna do in the finals, is incredibly important. It's actually an indicator of what it would be like, again, to work together. Candidates at this point have a chance to ask questions about market sizing, ask questions about what kind of roles did you have in your organization, get more clarity about the data that they're working with, get more, uh, even ask uh, for certain parts uh, that will help them build as best of a presentation as possible. So I like to give them uh, a slot to book me uh, before they do the final presentation, and it definitely correlates with their final performance. So uh, I encourage everyone to uh, think about adding that as a component. So that was the whole portion about make it real, because you can move beyond just classic interview questions into really hands-on, because the job is so hands-on with this Series A Series B, Series C companies about having incomplete information, but trying to draw the best insights out of it to make the best possible decisions that you got. So if we just laid out about how to make it a fair, even, equitable process about giving, asking everybody the same questions, let's move into then selecting the candidate element. Perfect. So uh, this is we're going to go through. Uh, a controller case study and an FP&A case study. So you're going to see a little bit of the prompt. You, you know, you get a bit of the, you're going to get a bit of time. You can pause and kind of quickly look over. Uh, and uh, to what Dave was saying earlier, while we've taken away screenshots, you can imagine that the work here led to some amazing deliverables by the candidates that, I, that I've interviewed in the past. Uh, and so that part you might not see, but what we're going to highlight here is 
what was the prompt? What were some of the general profiles? And you know, what who would you pick and and why? So uh, this was this was a control case study that uh, we actually used. And <clears throat> if we keep going, you'll see uh, three different candidate profiles that had come to the final interview. Uh, and so they had different looks and feels, which is what you want. You want to have uh, a, a great diversity of, of candidates that come with different experiences. And so here we kind of highlighted what the background is. Different ones have worked at a different amount of tech companies, different levels of stages, different stages and scale. Uh, we, you know, we looked at uh, uh, how their technical skills were. We looked at uh, how their presentation went, and uh, looking, kind of glancing at all of these. Again, you, you know, you, you, even though you're not seeing the visuals, this gives you an idea of okay, uh, I have three three pretty different candidates, and I have to think about what makes the most sense for my company. Uh, and so, you you know, you're you're always going to be left as the hiring manager, as the finance leader. This is going to be one of the difficult parts, uh, the most difficult parts of this process is uh, who are you going to pick, right? And there's not really a right or wrong answer here. Well, I, what I love about it is it's back to everybody. It's knowing a little bit of that context and as much as you drew and what Posh was trying to do is which of the controllers you would pick. But it, it's so unique to your company, your process, your leadership style. What problem are you trying to solve within the company? What's coming about in this process, though, is it's very formulaic and thoughtful. So you can have people's backgrounds but it's all in the name of how well did they answer the case study to solve the issues that the customer that the company has today and going forward. And that's where you get a very clean, concise outcomes that everybody can make a consensus decision upon. So if you want to take a moment on just whatever your choice would be, candidate candidate one, candidate two, or candidate three. So now we're now we're moving over to the head of FPNA. That's right. And you know, I think I think, you know, I, I'll I'll actually I'll go. And close the loop on who I ended up picking um, Ooh, on yeah. the candidate because uh, you know you see the different profiles and again you have to remember it's a pretty lonely decision and the uh, the one I went with uh, I actually went with candidate one and uh, why I went with it right so uh, I felt it was the right person and the right size and even though there was uh, even though there were skills that I felt okay uh, weren't there or you know, the timing, because they were already working on a quarter and close their company, they had a lot to juggle. Given all of that, and this is why that context and looking at everything, even beyond just the assignment, even beyond all of these points listed here is important is because I felt getting this candidate in, there were things that we could work on together. Some of the communication, uh, uh, getting organized a bit, uh, a little bit further, but the, te the technical experience, uh, the, the grit, and uh, uh, the fact that they've seen it before, uh, the fact that they really uh, understood a lot of SaaS metrics, a lot of that gave me uh, comfort and I knew the different areas. Uh, I kind of want to see here, I, I kind of want to share this little bit of the anecdote, which is uh, in, my final, in my final debrief, not everyone had agreed. And so we almost had, we almost had people that were yes and people that were no. But once again, it's going to come down to you. What makes sense for your organization and how much do you believe it? Because you are going to help them drive themselves to success as much as your company. And so uh, uh, remember, it, it is a bit of a lonely decision and you do have to be willing to take a chance and there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer. And so even though everybody disagreed, a lot of people disagreed, I felt very right. And three months later, and I share this bit because three months later, they're like, wow, that was that was the right person all along. Thank goodness you picked him. We're so excited. And that's how much 
Uh, that's how much you have to take, be willing to take a bet sometimes on these decisions. So again, you only do this twice in the organization sometimes to control the head of FPNA. So we'll move on to the head of FPNA. Um, so you can kind of see there's a bit of a different spin. The the accounting one is going to be focused on much more accounting and controller specific situations. Could be tax strategy, could be compliance. While the FPNA strategic finance side might be focused more on building a budget, uh, build out a forecast, uh, tell us what investment scenario to go after. Uh, so you you have that little bit different of, of a spin, uh, and in both cases, I ended up using the same data set. So that's something you can consider when you think about building your team is, okay, I don't have to recreate and do a big lift. If I actually do this, uh, I might I can I can reuse it for uh, my second lieutenant when I when the time comes to hire them. So same thing as before with the controller with three very different kind of candidates. And I'll give a little bit of a pause for, for, for and remind folks to take a look at it. The background, the initial interview, the technical skills, the presentation, there's things you pay attention to uh, a lot during it. And then there's things that there's context that's important. Um, so I say the same thing again, which is, you know, you have to think about the organization you have. And in my case, you know, and, and we can go to the next piece, which is basically asking you the audience again, uh, now that you know more about these FP candidates, who would you pick and why? Um, and uh, and for myself, I'll personally share this because again, different people have different answers. You know, when peers look at this, when Davis look at this, a lot of us have different answers. It has to be what makes sense for your organization. And I ended up going with candidate two because this person for me uh, had an amazing, you won't see the visuals, but had an amazing deliverable. That's, that's a key part of the context there. But beyond that, she had a growth rate and somebody that I believe was gonna get uh, to the next level and to the next level quicker than anybody else and where we needed to go. And so. For me, that ended up again three months later being uh, this person came in at my last company when we were uh, planning to raise our Series B. So she came in, delivered, and helped us get uh, helped us get ready to raise our Series B and then and close it. And so again, it's 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 fascinating because you have to be willing to take that bet. You have to sometimes it, it becomes a lonely decision. And so uh, if it can be made a little bit easier for the folks out there, the finance the other finance leaders out there in in hiring your two most important roles, um, this is what this is what we're trying to do. So. Well, this is just to say it is hard and, and, you know, it's famously stated people get hiring right half of the time, but this is the whole point of this project in this session is to teach people that to give them some insights and some structure. So it's not just a shot in the dark and here's the key takeaways. That's right. Yeah. And like, we, I love how you put it, Dave, because uh, half the time the hiring gets right. And so if you can do as much as you can to get these two important uh, roles, it will set you up to be the best finance leader you can be for your organization. Uh, you want to be 100% clear on what uh, your senior finance hires priorities are going to be in the first six months. If you don't know, you're not ready to hire them. Uh, you want to identify the talent by looking for, you know, this is for me, that's been something that's helped is looking for some of the other title at a later stage company. Case studies have worked incredibly well. We walked you through an example of how to do one for a controller, uh, one how to do it for a head of FPNA, and even think about how to evaluate it. And realize that it's it is a lonely decision. There is not necessarily a right or wrong answer. You have to look about look at it in multiple different lenses. Um, you want to get the right people involved. One of the key things, actually, that I didn't get to mention, I'll mention here is uh, we asked one of our VCs, one of the associates, uh, our VCs, to help with the process, doing a reference check. So get them involved. If you're a if you're a growth stage company, you have funding to ask them. I'm sure that they were going to want to help in whatever way they can. Uh, and finally, you have the best. You will have the best depth on your finals at the end. Be confident in your decision, and remember your must-haves versus what you will coach them on. When I walked you through some of the examples, so that's it. Uh, we hope that uh, I'll leave it. I'll leave it kind of Dave to close off. But I really, really hope that this was helpful uh, and it makes 
all the other finance leaders feel empowered about when they next hire their controller out of fb and uh, I just love doing this with you. This was so pertinent and spot on. Everybody, could you give a little silent clap to Alan and paying it forward? You can see how he's done this several times at several great firms and then gotten so good at it that he's able to make it really clear and succinct for each of you to be able to take it on. So, Alan, thank you. And a great summary here on what the points were. So, folks, I hope this was a great session for you. There's those of you taking CPE credit, you jump in and uh, Take answer those questions or to move forward. We really appreciate you, Alamin, doing it with us and everybody uh, for joining us in this session. I hope this helps you with you get you nail get the right 50% of your hires accurate and correct. Everybody, please have a great day.